When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It works. It hasn't aged. They have just this wonderful report. And it's, it's this weird marriage of these two people. And you go, how... How come they work together? It's just this weird combination of Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. It's just Willy Wonka and, you know, this really outrageous uh, stand-up comic works so amazingly well together. I just didn't find it very funny. Uh, the jokes were kind of not really my thing. It's dad jokes, and you can't hate a dad joke. You just can't. It might not make you laugh, but it's the fact that it's so unfunny is what makes it funny. It's a very fun movie. It's silly. It's dumb. It's very 80s, but it's wonderful. Hello, film fans. Joining Flix Watcher today, we've got Kevin. Hello. Will. Hello. And Kobe. Hello. And we're here to talk See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello everyone, thanks for listening. Joining FlixWatcher we have Kevin and Will. If you could please say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Hello, I'm Will and uh, Kevin and I are both screenwriters. Between us we've written Wolf Walkers, uh, I, that's me and Kevin has written Grabbers. And we, together we have started a podcast called The Best Bits, which is a podcast about us picking our favourite scenes from randomly selected, weirdly specific themes. We have done podcasts on things like Tom Cruise running scenes, <laughs> best single take scenes, best fight scenes, best sex scenes, best I love you scenes, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, so that's what our podcast is about. And who are you? Hello, and I'm Kevin. Hi, Kevin. I've <laughs> <laughs> said everything, Will. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Well, he knows how to introduce the podcast. That's great. Um, we've got, we've had guys on before for previous um, episodes talking about Karate Kid and uh, No Country for Men. So you guys are, are seasoned regulars, and I'm a fan of your podcast. And I do remember the the Tom Cruise running uh, episode because I think you like estimated how far you ran based on the basic on the on the average uh, land cruising speed of a Tom Cruise. Yes. Is, that, is that right? It's, it's insane. Yeah. He uh, Tom, full Tom is twenty six kilometers an hour, and 
insanely, the more Tom Cruise runs in a film, the more successful it is financially and critically. But I have to... <laughs> that can't be true anymore. That that no, metric, because... I, have to, I have to apply Top Gun Maverick to that metric. So that theory might be uh, yeah. blown to smithereens. That film has gone past the last Star Wars films in terms of box office. 660, $660 million in the US domestically. Power of cinema. Incredible stuff. It was a good, fun romp of a film. And, you know, but obviously he didn't run in it, which is... He didn't run in it. Well, no, no, hold on. He ran a bit on the beach scene. Spoilers for Top Gun Maverick. Um, There's a bit of running there, wasn't there? But um, that was it. Yeah. Oh, there, hey, there might have been running in the final in the final act. Oh, they're okay. running across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't say anything more. Yeah, not saying anything more. Yeah. Running on when they are running along the wings of the plane. The beach. The was, beach football scene. <laughs> yeah, that's what was, that's what I was saying before about the, yeah. the beach scene. I was trying to I was trying to mask it a bit there, Kevin. Yeah, but he's. <laughs> Oh, went right. balls out and told them what sport they were playing. <laughs> everyone's everyone's seen it anyway by now. It's made gajillions. Um, yeah, so they've seen it twice, haven't they? Yeah, but people see. But look, I mean, my my wife is like, I want to see it again. It's like, go and see it again then. That's <laughs> 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 your prerogative. Do it. Um, we're here to talk about not Tom Cruise. Uh, see no evil, hear no evil. Which is your choice, Kevin? Can you tell us why you chose it first of all, and then I will get this. I'll get the timer up, and you have sixty seconds or fewer to tell us. The synopsis. I chose this because it was one of the... F- Should I speak now or...? Yes, you can speak now. <laughs> We're not timing you on this one. Okay. I chose this one because I saw this as a kid staying at my cousin's house where the aunts and uncles would go to the pub and we'd get to pick out a film at the video shop and we'd mm. go back and we'd have all our junk food and we'd watch films like I'm Gonna Get You Sucker and and uh, what was that Second Sight? All these dodgy um, 80s comedies and one of them was seeing no evil, hearing no evil. And this was far and away the most superior of the lot of them. It was hilarious. And I wanted to revisit it uh, for that reason. And because I caught it a few times over the years on TV and it always made me laugh again. So I had great affection for this film. Okay. And the time starts now. Okay. I guess this film could be perfectly synopsized by its movie poster, which says, the blind guy couldn't see it, the deaf guy couldn't hear it, not our boat wanted for murder. The first drop-dead comedy of the summer, see no evil, hear no evil. And that's basically the film in a nutshell. Are we allowed, are we going to allow people just to uh, eulogise film posters, Helen? I'm not sure about that. I think we'll we'll take I came up with that on on the flight. You didn't say who was in it? Yeah. Like Kevin, Kevin Gene Spacey. Wilder and Richard Pryor. Yeah. Kevin Spacey, Joan Severance, I think yeah. her name is. That's about it. There's not Directed many other... Directed by Arthur Hiller. Arthur Hiller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was the second collaboration between Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. It was after Stir Crazy, was it? Stir Crazy. They tried to reunite for Hanky Panky and um, Richard Pryor dropped out. And so Gene Wilder uh, ended up doing that movie with Gilda Radner and he got married to her. So I think he was happy wow. with that. Um, and, up, every, yeah. and everyone assumed that uh, the black character in um, Blazing Saddles was supposed to be Richard Pryor, but That's right. for, reason, for many reasons it wasn't supposed. To, it wasn't him. But, uh, but Richard Pryor had a hand in writing some of the jokes for that film. Yeah, yeah. And I can tell you that Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder had a hand in writing the script. In this script, well, I can imagine. Yeah, I saw Gene Wilder's name on. I didn't see Richard Pryor's name on the. Um, there was quite a few. There's quite a few story credits or script credits in this. Mm-hmm. Five. Yeah. I've noted that there was five different writers on yeah. this. And the other reason why is because the film was offered to, they wanted to reunite Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor again. 
And as I said, they there was other projects that they were circling doing and one of them or the other dropped out at different stages. And this one was one that Richard Pryor was dead keen on doing and they had to keep going back to Gene Wilder to get him to sign on and he was reticent to do it because he thought that it might be too insensitive mm. or a bit um, uh, clumsy in how it dealt with people with disability. And wonder, uh, wonder. the only reason he agreed to do it was that if he could um, collaborate with one of the institutes that deals with, with um, speech therapy for deaf people to, uh, to help him shape some of the character beats of the movie and then he agreed to do it and i think he was right to insist on that i think i mean look that's that's quite progressive for the 80s where they they were just yeah fuck it let's just get two disabled people in and we'll we'll throw some jokes in there and see what sticks um and i was i was i was concerned i'd watched this loads as a kid one day my dad just came back from he must have been Woolworths with this vhs see no evil hear no evil i reckon richard Pryor from uh superman 3 um, <laughs> and um, I was just mesmerized by this like VHS because we we had lots and lots of films, but they tend to be recorded off the TV. So we had very few, there were like some Disney films. And then this was like an original bought VHS tape. So already it was like elevated <laughs> in my esteem to like like the best the best film ever. Um, and then when he suggested, I was like, oh, this isn't going to hold it well, is it? It's not going to hold it well at all. And I think in general, I think that, I mean, at the start, I thought, I thought some of the jokes were actually quite lazy, but I think as the film kind of progressed, I thought that there was more heart than I kind of remembered and the, and the relationship yeah. between the guys. Um, and I was, I was really concerned that the, they were just going to make fun of blind people and deaf people and people with disabilities just for the fun of it. But I think where, where they didn't land for me was where I just thought the jokes weren't that funny, really. Um, like when Richard oh, we're going to fall out. Uh, this film cracks me up. No, I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed it more as it came on, but when they're kind of setting the scenes, like, oh, Richard Pryor, he can't see and he can't see again. Oh, guess, guess what, guys? He can't see. He's there reading a newspaper upside down. You're like, come on, guys, we can do better than that. But when they're actually the, the meat of the film where Gene Wilder and him are like piling up together, that's where I think the film kind of takes off more. But those kind of it's initial setup scenes, yeah, those, those initial setup scenes, like he's crossing road and then there's another blind guy. And they're like, can you help me cross the I'm like, I, I kind of get what you're yeah, but, but I think- it's, it's playing on his ego. It's like he's too pro to admit that he can't see. It's You see, what I like about it is that it's a film that just makes me smile from the beginning to the end. It's uh, The smile starts to get a bit waned towards the end because I think there are moments where it drags on a bit. But the easy chemistry that they have and the fact that there's nothing mean-spirited about the comedy, it's sort of, it, it's sort of like dad jokes. And you can tell that They've got a glint in their eye as they're doing it. There is a lot of heart in this, but I don't know. For me, this is... I, I wanted to double-check myself to see whether there was any complaints about the film at the time. And in fact, it was the opposite. It was that the blind and deaf community were delighted to have mm. those characters be the hero in the movie, but also to have the villain be a disabled person as well. So that it, they weren't side characters. They were all sort of... Um, the most important characters in the movie. No, I, I, I took a note of that and I thought that was really actually quite um, progressive because typically, humor about, typically, you know. they're, typically disabled people are the, um, yeah, the, the super the super sidekicks. Um, Helen, Will, mm -hmm. thoughts on Cena? Have you guys seen this before? I saw this uh, back in the VHS days. This is one of those posters that was ever present on the wall of my video library. And I what was your video library in, called? Uh, the video library. Was that... <laughs> 
Peggy's Corner Shop. <laughs> and my mother's Peggy, so I know it. It would confuse things, but no, it was it was the video library, and uh, because there was it, that was it. Um, uh, but I would go in, and it was one of those posters that I uh, I saw. I'm sure I rented it, mm. and I, I, I it slotted into uh, one of those fun, distracting. Uh, kind of like kind of like multi-rent uh, films that you would slap it on with a police academy or something like that mm. and it would just you know tickle us for a while and you you know you might rent it again and whatnot I love Gene Wilder and uh, Richard Pryor in actual fact I think I have more of a fondness or a nostalgia for Stir Crazy because I think that's the one that I somehow saw more than this one and I love their chemistry together I think it is still it works. It hasn't aged. They have just this wonderful rapport. And it's it's this weird marriage of these two people. And you go, how how come they work together? It's just, just this weird combination of Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. It's just Willy Wonka and, you know, <laughs> this really outrageous uh, stand-up comic works so amazingly well together. The film itself, I think, you know, there are times where the jokes don't work for me. Right. There are times where I kind of went, okay, like kind of like you, Kobe, where I was like going, yeah, it's another kind of obvious blind guy joke. Mm. But there are enough moments of, there's just enough goodwill I have for the two of them that carries me through this kind of, again, even a ropey plot. It kind of like just, it's just a kind of a throwaway plot. And they kind of get, you know, when they get completely hamstrung into this into this thing you know you, you kind of roll your eyes a little bit but it's them I still don't understand it it's a conspiracy about a gold coin which has actually got something to do with nuclear warheads or something that's the thing it's a, it's a semiconductor <laughs> that would, would help okay that's Bombs. the thing it's yeah. important for some yeah. reason the MacGuffins and all MacGuffins the scenes are about Gene Wilder rescuing a girl the alarm going off and being completely oblivious to the alarm yeah. going off. That's that's what this movie is. And I love it for those moments. Yeah, that's, I'm the same as you. I just love it for the moments with between the two of them. Um, yeah. So that's where I kind of stand on it on a, and broadly. Uh, Helen. So uh, I've, n- I've never seen this before. So this was my first time watching. <laughs> Pro- probably won't be surprised to know that I struggled a bit with it. I mean... Ugh, Kevin Space is in it anyway, anyway, so you kind of have to yeah. accept that. You did warn us. He's so the evil fine. in the title. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, it's just not, I just didn't find it very funny. Uh, the jokes were kind of not really my thing. And there's the really uncomfortable sexual harassment that comes partway through it. But I think watching it, just that this is clearly after Richard Pryor set himself on fire and possibly after his MS diagnosis as well. And he just... He's frail. Yeah. And I don't know. I was just kind of watching it going, "Mm." he he doesn't look particularly comfortable or particularly kind of like with it at that point. And sort of, I don't know, that that was kind of weird as well. And although there was a (laughs) bit where he's, the, the, the bit that I did think was quite funny is where they they have that fight and they're fighting like ratatouille you know when ratatouille mm-hmm. the <laughs> remy with the the are pulling each other's arms so, one o'clock. oh yeah. three o'clock one o'clock yeah so o'clock. that that was kind of the peak i think for me on this one <laughs> as someone watching it now the only scene that i do think is a bit um icky is when uh, and i knew it was coming and even though i forgot the scene i still knew it was coming because i thought is is are they going to do a boner joke yeah here? Um, where he had the gun pointed at her and then 
I don't know why they do it, but he goes over and he kisses her. And then yeah. that's what, that's what Helen meant by the, the sex harassment, right? Yeah. yeah, that's the only scene that I think, uh, the other stuff is like, it's dad jokes and you can't hate a dad joke. You just can't. It might not make you laugh, but it's the fact that it's so unfunny. Is we what should makes point out she's completely naked when he goes over <laughs> and kisses her. She is. But the boner joke, um, I thought, they're not going to do yeah. it, are they? They're not going to do it. Did you not remember that from when you saw it as a kid? I It went over my head. I didn't... Same. Yeah. Did not register with me at all. Um, the moment that I... My favourite scene in this movie, actually, is... Um, because I love all the sort of the, the hijinks of they're driving along and they can't see and they're having to, to give each other instructions to be able to partake in this car chase. Because actually, I was thinking about bringing up this that scene in our chase movies no episode, way in our chase scene episode yeah because it's like it's a spin on it but my favorite scene in the movie i should get to get to this is um when they are on i don't know where it is despite the train tracks mm. the police car has been dumped and they're trying to push it through the swamp and they're bickering with each other and it's just and jim was saying you fucking swear an awful lot <laughs> and he starts he starts just going off on a on a tirade <laughs> and there's something about Gene Wilder losing his temper that is hilarious to me. <laughs> so I was just cracking up at that. My favourite scene is when they they somehow the car ends up on top of a of a rubbish tip, <laughs> and um, Dave's like, He's saying, "You're uh, you're one of my best yeah. friends." <laughs> it's, it's like, of course, you've earned my trust. Yeah. We've been very good friends for the past couple of days. You're always there for me. And Wally, and uh, Richard Pryor's like, that's beautiful. Do you mean everything you just said? And then Gene Wilder just his, his face turns. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I feel in a minute or two. Right now, I'm a little overwhelmed by the stink. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends up with, oh, I thought you let one go. And I thought that whole just that that segment there was like, <laughs> that's that, that's where the character beats happen. Yeah, it it's almost like Morecambe and Wise type of skits. It is. Yeah, it, it's that level of comedy uh, because. For a lot of these scenes to work in this movie, the other characters, the sort of the threat characters, have to also be dumber than rocks. Like in the uh, in the Ratatouille scene, where this yeah. big guy can't can't duck a punch. Yeah, <laughs> and also Kevin Spacey can't duck a punch as well. Did you notice the big cyst on his face? Of course I, I did. did. I wonder was that natural? Did he get surgically removed after the film? <laughs> he did. Yeah, that's why he's got a scar on his face in all his. Oh, was that a real? Got, like, was that a, a real thing? It was, yeah. He had a cyst growing on his face that so he had to get surgically removed. I thought that was an affectation for his for his character. No. Same. No, I, I'm trying to look at Kevin's face here and see is he going to crack. Is this, that's not for me. Look at you. I can't, I can't, you can't trust Kevin. Is he telling me a lie or is this a, it's like, I'm like I need to <laughs> The listeners on. know because the listeners can look it yeah, up. Yeah, look it up. Is this real? It looked like it was fake to me. Like, you know, my God. No, it was a real cyst. Oh yeah. No, he's definitely lying for listeners. Um... <laughs> One of the, 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 do you know what this film had that I loved from the films of the 80s? And I miss it so much. And this is a pure nostalgia thing. Unnecessary nudity. Real streets with real people. The <laughs> opening credits where we establish the world in which this film is set. We have opening credits and we just have shots of New York City, of people working on streets, people shouting at each other, people people getting mugged, people getting shot, all that sort of stuff. And it just sets the place. And I, I went, ah, I like just I like just random shots of the of the of of, of this world that the, the story set in. And uh I miss that and I love it and I appreciate it every time I see it in one of these films. Yeah. Let's see settle into the movie. Yes, mm. yes, 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 yes. I thought it was quite economical how they introduced both characters. Yeah. Where one is <laughs> having an argument with uh, a road rage driver and 
then Richard Pryor comes along thinking he's arguing with him. I thought, yeah, it's just get straight in there. We don't need, <laughs> don't need much else. But I also really admired the fact that they had to they had they had to remember the choreography of the scenes in order to make the jokes land. So it'd be like if if Gene Wilder turned his head for a second, he had to not hear what Richard Pryor was saying, yeah. and then react to the next line. And that, that to me is like yeah. 4D chess in your head. Like There's only a handful, less than a handful of moments where it where th- that logic breaks, where you see sometimes G- uh, Gene Wilder says something that Richard Pryor responds to. And you're like going, Richard Pryor was looking through the binoculars. He couldn't have seen that, you know? And mm. it's only, uh, there's a minor few of those moments, but for the most part, yeah, that's, that's, um, that magic trick works. When uh, Another thing that went over my head, thinking about it now, was the uh, the men's rear joke. Where, oh yeah, I didn't get that. What was that? Yeah. Remind me of that one. So, so they're in. They're in a. Um, they're in. The, this is when they've been arrested. Yeah. And um, they find out that. So I think a, a police officer or a lawyer comes in and says they can't do it, or they've done it because I can. I can claim men's rear, which is like a legal term, which suggests that they want to. They've got the, the capacity Between to the both commit them, crime. They can yeah. both be tried as one person that committed the crime. Okay. It's, a, it's a, well, long story short, it's a crime thing, but it sounds like a like it's an STI joke. And mm-hmm. you see Gene Wilder not understanding that and going crazy. It's like, we've got men's rear. And he goes, he's being dragged down the hallway. That was a kid I didn't understand at all. It made no sense to me. But that's, this is the first time I've seen that and it landing. Um, but maybe it didn't land for you guys. Uh, but I think the a couple of things which didn't sit with me were the um, Gene Wilder's an amazing lip reader, um, Dave, unless comedy required that he, he wasn't. And, um, fuzzy was yeah, fuzzy, fuzzy was was a woman, which made me laugh as a kid. Um, but. it's probably the most memorable line from the movie. <laughs> was he or wasn't he? Are you serious? Was he, was he, was he, was he, we have two inept cops as well, um, which are 80s inept. I loved Do you know what? Um, and I, I thought it's probably the sad state of the world, but when the cop at the end got his back up over what Richard Pryor said to him, and he said, I want to shoot him. I want to shoot him. Why can't I shoot him? We did all this. Let me shoot him. And I thought, well, that, that, that's not as um, funny today as, as it probably was back then. You know, in that, yeah. in that scene, I laughed out loud where it's at the climax of the film and uh, Gene Wilder is trying to stop the security guard for, I don't know, whatever reason. He's trying to stop the security guard for going, escaping in a helicopter. And he was he's just holding a knife and he went, he starts shouting, stop. And meanwhile, the cops appear behind <laughs> him and the security guard's like, oh, you've only got a knife and you're like, uh, you're 50 feet away, away from me. And and he says, no, I mean it, stop. And all of a sudden, the, the cops show up, but Gene Wilder doesn't know it. And the security guard stops and he starts doing uh, everything that Gene Wilder commands. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got control of the situation. <laughs> And he turns around and there's just this complete, <laughs> the, the armed forces from the entire state are there. And it's, uh, I think it's just a very funny moment. The only moments where it dragged for me was when they got to the hotel of the bad guy's lair or whatever you want to call it. And they had to give Richard Pryor a sort of a side quest mission where he had to portray a, a Swedish gynecologist. That's right. And had to give a lecture. And I thought this is just this is not necessary for the story to sort of play out and it's not that funny. <laughs> I'm getting a bit bored of that, but um, that I was, I was well into this movie. So Helen, any, any other thoughts on see no evil, hear no evil before we head to the, to the scores? I just quickly checked and apparently that cyst was real. Oh, wow. No There way. you go. Apologise, Will. Oh my I'm God. Like, so he was evil. 
<laughs> I'm joking. Is evil I'm evil joking. all along. Oh my God, that's an evil cyst. On well, an evil go. man. Yeah, absolutely. Oh that my would, that God. would definitely have stopped him getting more roles. Um, oh never trust the Kevin. Put it back on. Wow. Wow. I'm shocked. Listeners, it's worth watching, listeners, just to see his real cyst. No, it's not. Just to that's see his the, real cyst. It's genuinely off-putting. Yeah, I know. Oh my God. Wow. Well, the... um. One thing I was going to say in terms of the the scene with Joan Severance in the in the in the shower, that in in the eighties version that VHS it wasn't it wasn't cut off. In the um, in this version, they actually edited it down so it was above. above. Wait, this was edited? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I remember. So what was what was in the eighties version? So in the eighties version, once you dropped to once you dropped to top, you could see down to a waist or something like that. But in this version, it, was, it stopped like just below a shoulder. Oh, really? you never see your topless. Oh. Uh, so, so at least, so at least someone's gone back in this and thought, "Let's cover our tits up." <laughs> um, they look like great tits as well. That's terrible. <laughs> On that bombshell, yes. <laughs> well, like I say, you can go to see if you can find a VHS version. It definitely was there because it, it was one. Of, this was one of the films. Like I don't know why my dad brought it. It was a fifteen. There's I lots bet of, it's really blurry. There's I lots, bet of, you... lots of swearing in it. And there's a naked woman in it, and I was like, "Okay, why am I watching with you, with you, Dad? This is like <laughs> a trifecta of things that shouldn't happen as a as like a ten year old." It's a fifteen certificate, so he shouldn't have been shown at you and is yeah, a but, youngling. But you know, we'd all we've discussed about how old we were when we when Before we saw Robocop. Before after Robocop years, yeah. <laughs> back in the do- back in the days, those little numbers were in the circle in the corner meant nothing to parents. <laughs> It was just it was just decoration on the cover of boxes. They had. <laughs> also, when you'd when you'd watch those films, you'd know that something dirty was about to come up because the tape would start to skip, and uh, <laughs> it was to get really frayed. Where you know people have stopped, rewound, stopped, rewound, stopped. <laughs> Let's head to the scores, guys. Yes. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Welcome to the Flix Watcher scores. All of the scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, please, Kevin, because you picked it with your recommendability. I'm going to give this a five. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> yes, because I'm going to be, I'm going to be working against <laughs> the rest of you. So I'm going to give it a five. It is a comedy that, for me, it puts a smile on my face and I just chuckle along with it and I marvel at the chemistry between Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor who are both fantastic on their own but together they just have this wonderful vibe to them and it's a very fun movie. It's silly, it's dumb, it's very 80s but it's wonderful. Well, I'm going to give it a three because I, no, listen, 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 I have to give it my honest score because I don't think it's going to work for everyone. I think it's going to work for people maybe who, uh, maybe who saw it back in the 80s. I think someone coming to it fresh, it mightn't work for them because some of the jokes are, don't land 
and uh, are a little bit obvious at times. But I'm still giving it three because I think Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor are fantastic on screen. And uh, you should check out Stir Crazy. And I st- I haven't seen their other film that they collaborated on in 1991. I think it's called Another You or something. Another, so, another, another You? Oh, Is that what it's called? It's another Love, Another You, Another, another Something. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that and I'm actually another no, you another you I'm curious yeah. to see that film but it's a three for me Helen yeah so I I, I have a friend who is deaf but I also have a friend who is pretty much blind and I, I wouldn't recommend they watch this I, I don't think they would get that much out of it I don't think I'll give it a one for oh. Kevin Space, giving Kevin Space's <laughs> cyst if you ever wondered what his face looked like with the cyst, then this film's for you. I know it's just like have a curious. I, we we've we've done stir crazy. Yeah, I was going to say. And um, my it didn't score so high. No, my scores were lower than than one for that. So oh wow, I um, haven't seen it in thirty five. So I haven't seen it in over thirty years. That's the one that I feel would be more uh, dated than this one. Well, it just had it had no plot, and it wasn't. We didn't find it. A lot of people. It scored very low. <laughs> really? I'll tell you that now. Um, I don't think anyone around the table had seen it, even though they're both fans of both Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. But it just I and think, directed by Sidney Poitier. Yes, and I mean, everyone's like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I can give. I can tell you what score it got. I'll tell you what score it got after we've yes. after good mm-hmm. score. You know, um, I'm going to give it a two point five. Um, no, I'm going to give it a three. I was looking forward to watching it because I I watched it like a good jillion times as a kid, but I was also like. Oh, this is going to be bad. Mm. Um, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I didn't, and as, uh, as yeah, Kevin said, um, <laughs> so as Will said, I think it wasn't, it wasn't the, the jokes. I didn't feel like the jokes were um, smiting disabled people. I just thought when they didn't land, I just didn't, know, didn't, know, didn't think they were that good. So yeah, three is my score here. Repeat viewing score. Kevin. Five. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen here. Um, five. So, why? <laughs> because why? it is um, a very progressive film. It has two disabled people in the lead. It is a film that was uh, done in consultation with the deaf community and the blind community. Um, it's very progressive for that, as I said. And it's also very funny. And uh, there's a lot to like about it. And um, it's recommended. Will. I, I'm going to go lower, I'm afraid. Uh, once you've seen it once, I think you've seen it. Uh, I'm Kevin, I'm so sorry. He's he's disgusted with me. Um, I am. I know, but I'm going to go... I'm going to give you hell on our podcast. I'm gonna, I know I'm, I'm in for a torture here. I'm going to give it a two because, you know, once you've seen it, once you've seen it, I don't think there's... Maybe, I mean, maybe, you know, anyway. I, yeah, I'm giving it a two. I'm sorry. Helen. Yeah, and I can't see a situation where I'm going to come back to this one. So I'm just referencing my stir crazy st- scores. Um so I'm going to give it I'm going to give it 0.5, which was more than what I get gave to stir crazy for repeat. I'm not going to watch this. Even even 143 minutes I have had my fill. Is that how long it was? Yes. Yeah, that's a bit too long, isn't it? It flew by. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, repeat me in score I've got to give it quite a high score based on how many times I did watch it as a youngling um, but then temper that down for how, how often I'm going to watch it in the future so that's a 3.8 there small screen score I think it would pick up some high scores here Kevin 
five because no, I'm not going to do that. Um, no, actually, I am because it's going to it's going to it's going to be right down the bottom of your rankings if I don't give it fives. Um, even though I don't think that any movie benefits by being on a smaller screen than a bigger screen. But I'm still going to go five. Will. I'd go six if I could. I'm genuinely going to say, I'm going to give this a four. I think, you know, you, you, the chemistry between Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder works on a big screen or a small screen. And uh, that's worth watching on a small screen. And it comes across. So there's the moments in there that I think are watching. So I'm giving it a four. I want to bring my average up a bit. Helen. Uh, I'm going to give this one a five. I don't oh want God. to see this at the cinema. <laughs> That's how our scores work there. Hang on, I think I've misread the rules on this. <laughs> this gets a five because you don't want to watch it on the big screen. Okay. Well, this is this is it. So yeah, it's it's perfectly suited to your TV size screen. I don't yeah. think there's any need to go and see it this cinema. I'll be honest with you. I watched this on my phone. There you go. <laughs> it's a definite five then. Yeah. Uh, engagement score, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so. There are some problematic jokes. It does have some dodgy dad humor. It's 80s. It's not all going to land, uh, but it's very, very fun. So five. I don't know if that's defensive scoring, but sure. It uh, is. It's totally defensive scoring. <laughs> Protect your domain. Will. Honestly, again, you're asking me about engagement. I love Richard Pryor. I love Gene Wilder. I can see magic happening in moments in this film. And I also love watching films from the 80s and set in that time period. I, I, so on the basis of that, I was, was constantly intrigued and hoping that I would have more moments where I was like, I would spark, things would spark into life where I would go, oh, I really love this moment. I was constantly looking for those other golden moments between the two of them. So I was engaged. I was engaged. I was, I, I didn't find myself going, oh, come on, you know, so most of the time I was there. So I'm giving it 3.5. Helen. So it does have that it's only an hour of 43 minutes going for it. Um, I, I ended up watching this at an airport on the way back and the flight was delayed. So obviously I was quite keen to be checking when the flight was going to be around. So it did not, unfortunately, 100% have my engagement. I think it it's quite longer, 143 had it. It like shaved off those 10 minutes, then it might have been a bit more a bit more zippy, a bit more pacey. So I'm going to go for probably two and a half. Yeah, I'm going for 3.5 because I thought, again, I thought it was going to start, I thought it was going to be bad all the way through and it wasn't. And I thought it got better with time and then maybe faded off towards the end. But I was always like kind of in it and I was willing Wally and Dave to, um, you know, come good. Mm-hmm. And that gives an overall score of 3.55. Okay, that, that feels like it. That feels like a, a, a correct score for this film. <laughs> <laughs> My strategy worked. So it's still crazy, higher or lower? I'm going to say it's higher because it's got a bigger footprint than this one. Hold on, you think Stir Crazy is higher than See No Evil, Hear No Evil? I think the opposite. Yeah. Based on what you've already said, it sounded like Stir Crazy got an awful score. So I think Stir Crazy is <laughs> is at the bottom of your list. <laughs> Stir Crazy got two point three seven five zero. And that's very harsh, lads. And places it at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth from the bottom. Uh, wow. As we need to update with like ten or so more films, but uh, it sits beneath. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um, <laughs> and the both never-ending story, which we, we kind of panned. Uh, the, the first the original never-ending story. You panned yeah, it? Yeah, it's not great. Wow. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. Okay. 
travesty. I'm just singing. That theme tune is going through my head right now. I'm there. Well, I mean, the theme tune's one thing, but then the rest of the film's like... Wow. And so so this is higher than the Reading story. See No Evil, Hear No Evil. 3.55 is like... Decent. Most most films get about three. I want to say... I want to know... I want to know where Karate Kid ranks now, because that was so, the other one I brought yeah. that got kicked about the place. So Karate Kid, so 3.55 exactly places it uh, joint with Watchmen. I can't tell you where the table is. Um, so beneath Donnie Brasco and, uh, you know, above the mask. So what was it? Karate Kid. So everyone listening along, you can go to flipswatch.tv forward slash scoreboard to check out where these films ranked um, in your own time. Uh, so Karate Kid. Control F, Command F. You can also play around with the table and rank them by their individual scores as well, Mm -hmm. because obviously our scoring system is very unique. (laughs) I have a feeling that my Karate Kid scores were five across the board as well. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to cross cross the streams, but I'm looking at Letterboxd, and I always actually like looking at what the average rating on Letterboxd is. And See No Evil, Hear No Evil got a 3.2 average rating on Letterboxd. Just throwing that out there. Not bad, not not terrible. not bad. Uh, Karate Kid, well, we gave it 4.0250. See, that's good. Oh, Over that's four. good. That's good. Strong. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, guys, tell the listeners where we can find you online. Tell us about your podcast and we'll say goodbye to everyone who's joined us today. I'll leave it to you, Kevin. We're Will and Kevin from the Best Bits Podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're also on Twitter under at Best Bits Pod. And um, come check us out. We're talking favorite film scenes. And uh, we love movies on that podcast. So, you know. Everything Kevin said. No one star ratings over there. <laughs> <laughs> we love films too, just you not do. all of them. <laughs> oh, you great. just don't like films with sexual assault. I get it. <laughs> or Kevin on Spacey's face. Sister, <laughs> I, I, this is the biggest revelation from this thing tonight. That sister, this, that this was real. Holy moly, my god! Listen, no, the biggest revelation is that you didn't think I was telling the truth. I genuinely didn't. I thought you were making it up because I thought it truly. It's so. No it looks like a real prosthetic. Mm. Crikey, Kevin Spacey's uh, appearance now in every movie dings it. And so you, in fact, the scar. ones where he's the star, right? Yeah, he's got a scar. What? The ones where he's a star, it's like. I just don't like that film as much anymore. Like American Beauty, you know, feels like the villain in that film. You can't watch it. Yep. Thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure talking about See No Evil, Hear No Evil, which I may never watch again if it wasn't for you. So uh, thanks for pleasure. having us. It's been great to you. I've been watching it this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get so, yeah, to that bit with Joan Severance. <laughs> Keep rewinding and fast forwarding. Going on eBay and VHS for stair. Yeah, it's there. It's mine. <laughs> it's, it's so But you also need a VHS player. Oh, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have one. Kevin's shaking his head disapprovingly. He's going to come around and watch it. <laughs> Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you.
You just heard a stripped media production.